All right, back again. More of this. I feel like now we'll get actually we'll get into it. Uh, Les Tourdis yeah. by Lacan, Jacques Lacan. Uh, but before then, you can find this on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify. Links in the description with um, Patreon account. Only if you have the dough. If not, don't feel obliged. My goal is to earn enough to pay for the uh, podcast servers because that's like $12 a month for some reason. So if we could cover that, that'd be cool. But if not, whatever. But for now, I'm still joined by Ben to continue Les Tourdis. What the hell should we talk about now? Uh-huh, sex. Sex. All right. <laughs> Let's talk. I just had sex. How's this song go? Ah, she, I shook me all night. Long. Oh yeah, that's the one I was thinking of. <laughs> Who shook me all night? Long? Go get I don't my remember. See, that's a very Lacanian problem. Who shook me all night long? Who shook me all night long? Why? I don't know. But like, why is it okay. a, a Lacanian problem? Um. Well, yeah, because it could. Because sex has nothing to do with like the person that the other person usually it usually doesn't have very much to do with the others very like masturbatory that's interesting can you say more because i'm thinking of the image have you ever seen american psycho uh yes so there's a moment in that film when he's having sex with two sex workers i believe that they're sex workers uh he's having a threesome and he's spending all this time looking in the mirror like and like flexing yeah. as he's looking in the mirror having sex with these women okay. and like it's very clear that he's not at all interested in them yeah like the act of sex for him is is self gratification yeah. so that's it's what very, immediately like popped the into idea my head. of like him having sex with two women and like it's very it's like a pornographic fantasy too and i mean yeah and um that's kind of what we're talking about when we talk about like there's no sexual relation but we're constantly trying to make up for the sexual relation and like you're never having sex with like the subjectivity of the other sure the other as a subject because there's only room for one subject in the symbolic like in a yeah. very 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 basic sense yeah you can't experience someone else's life like you yeah can't, you can't they're also like having a very masturbatory experience but like you have a like phantasmatic um <clears throat> understanding an experience of yourself and of the other right like we all have that uh, we all kind of can relate to like when you're like especially now that like pornography is so like prolific or like just all over the place like this weird experience when you're like having sex and you like think like well do I look sexy sure. right now yeah yeah like probably not yeah. like first off <laughs> No, and but like you're, it's all you're always like it's always mediated by this image of like yourself and of the other, and like you can't really are like what's going on in your like dirty bits. Yeah, um, you can't really like say or imagine. You can only like experience, like feel and experience like the pleasure of the erogenous zones. <clears throat> yeah. So what do, what do those mean then? What what does that sensation mean for like huh? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. It's just oh, it's like... absence. And so kind of like the psycho. T- 
to like draw out like more of a psychoanalytic theoretical point is that like well this kind of like absence like first off it occurs very very late in life you're like what like 14 15 16 20 26 30 sure whatever when you first have sex <clears throat> yep but like you have this kind of experience of inarticulable and imaginable sensations or something like that in other erogenous zones like your mouth yeah or like when you take a dump mm-hmm. and the lacanian like lacan expands that to the voice and the gaze right or also erogenous zones I mean, it makes sense <laughs> and um but what does that mean then yeah but and so here. like that's the kind of template for um enjoyment right is it's it is this kind of like solipsistic um phantasmatic activity yeah and it's stubbornly we like you think like we think that like okay now i'm gonna have this like unique authentic intimate relation with another person because like i'm having sex with them yeah right and that i mean that's not tonight that never happens Mm -hmm. but it rarely happens yeah yeah so what then because i'm just trying to think about this in terms of the impossibility of the real Mm-hmm. If I was to try to sketch that, which obviously will be a failed attempt because it's the real, would then imagine... I mean, it might be the only attempt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, would then, as we were kind of saying in the last episode, that uh, a relationship not predicated upon sex would be the one that would be, to some extent, would enter that zone of the real, right? So mm-hmm. we are always already... You know, and we can think about this in two different levels. We can think about this in terms of the way that, like, overtly things like pornography or Hollywood or something like fucks with us and gives yeah. us an, an image of what that's supposed to look like. But well, and it's like it's easy to say that this is bad, but like, it's I think it's important not to underestimate the effects of like merely having sex like articulated. Um, well, it has on us. Like you'll see say someone like Zizek not someone like you'll say Zizek who's the most who's great and who like whose work should be read but like comes out with these like explosive lines like don't uh, demystify the vagina oh and like okay he's trying to make a Lacanian point like no we need to keep absence as a part of sex but it's I think like super important not to underestimate how much like are just simply articulating sex um articulating different sex acts articulating the different sexual organs and then like <clears throat> the ways that this permeates like in our lives in the form of like gender in the form of like our social relations yeah is um hugely i mean it is, has like direct immediate effects like when you're like getting down and banging and you're like okay like i know what this part like i know this is the clitoris yeah and so like um i think it's important to be careful not to glorify the absence Mm -hmm. 
But the Freudian like point is to recognize that absence is necessary. And where is it necessary, right? <clears throat> and it's a But it seems to me like Zizek is kind of naive to think that like quote unquote demystifying the vagina would actually perform that function because it seems to me like for Lacan yeah. y- you could never actually fully demystify anything like well it's of course like Zizek says demystify the vagina and then of course is not talking about sex education yeah no sure sure <laughs> but yeah but still like as like a like a mental project I try to think like maybe we should have recourse to um, actually going through with these processes because we can be so confident we can never actually arrive at you know a fully complete system or a fully yeah. realized system like it's always going to be we're always going to arrive at an impasse um, sure so I guess I would ask then as a point of clarification when he does refer to it Zizek like do not demystify the vagina how does he mean it then um I mean I don't know how much I can speak to like Zizek's position but like it means like don't demystify sex sure um and my point is that like okay that's because it it's undemystifiable sure undemystifiable but like don't (laughs) I mean it is undemystifiable yeah um but I think especially Zizek, um, Zizek's work, not Zizek as a person, but like translates, can translate poorly into like the Western North American world. Like, well, we're talking about like sex, sex education, right? Yeah. <laughs> like no one taught me what a clitoris was yeah. in high school. Yeah. About <clears throat> me neither. Yeah. And like, so... Um, he is, this kind of has like the same problems as like a lot of what Jordan Peterson says is like, on the surface, like, if you see coming from where they're coming from, yeah, it's kind of makes sense. Especially Zizek, like I want to say like, yes, as a Lacanian, don't demystify. But like, no, where like when you say that you're entering a course. A discourse on sex education in <clears throat> where where was I going? Where was I going? Where was I going? So <clears throat> you, I feel like you were saying that it was it's too much of a risk to just say that without qualifying it to some extent, given the context, because like it's a little bit risky to say something like that because of all like the the assault on things like mm-hmm. sex education or on um anything like that and we should recognize this is like a pretty big digression from like Lacan's project you'd be like I'm not interested in like I don't care yeah. uh, but still well I mean it's I, I'm gonna say straight up it's not a digression okay well <laughs> I, then I'm really happy that we're talking about it um I think well I think like first off the problem is like GJ comes out with his bombastic statements and then no one reads anything else, right? Sure, sure, sure. And that's not his fault. Like, mm-hmm. he's, he got in a lot of trouble for these, like, trans... These articles about transgenderism. Um, okay. And, like, okay. He's, like... you Like, in part, yeah, he's using weird 
what right wing like tropes and examples like yeah if like gay people can get married then animals will get married and it's an infinite regress <clears throat> and like this needs qualification like first off like you need to recognize like not use examples that were made on used on fox news yeah yeah well yeah but like you should we should also like keep in mind like mark says um <laughs> refrain that like Often the right knows the implications of our positions better yeah. than we know them. Sure. Right? So. <clears throat> That's what? a quote I've heard often, but I've never actually seen it in words. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it makes sense. But I mean, yeah, I could, would, can give you a citation. Yeah, I but know. It's true. I mean, <clears throat> and you see, like, when we see, like, things like, oh, queer people are destroying Western civilization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, okay, yeah. Like, if Western civilization is predicated on everything that, like, oppresses queerness, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So, <clears throat> I mean, that's kind of Marx's point. Um, and so that, and to, like, in that way, like, sure, you're using right-wing tropes, but, like, why the fuck shouldn't I marry a pig? Yeah. <laughs> like, I or, mean, like, a inanimate object or whatever um or let me have my like polymorphous perversity yeah um and that's not and yeah it's nonsense to say that like (coughs) the transgender um being a transgender or being gay or anything is um equatable is equable with that (laughs) So, how do we think of um, gender and sexuality in a way that doesn't lead to that logic, right? So, and that's Zizek's point, okay. is that the way we're thinking, like, no, we can just name more genders, mm-hmm. name more sexualities. And, like, he wants to say, first off, that's the logic of capital. Okay. <clears throat> And second off, it leads to, like, reductio ad absurdum. And that's because we're using... (laughs) Or you're thinking of it in terms of, like, meaning. Mm -hmm. Sexuality in terms of meaning and in terms of acts. Right. So, like, we can create more identities. And, like, we can define more things we can do. And, like, as a Lacanian, like... And an American, I want to say, like... Yes, let's define more things that we can do. Yeah. No, let's not. Like, we need to recognize that, like, sexual identity is not key, first off. Yeah. Like, enjoyment is. That's Foucault's thing at the end of the history yeah. of sexuality. Like, it's let's make it a project of bodies and pleasure, not to... Yeah. And that's why, like, sexuation in the Lacanian sense, for, like, is tied to... <clears throat> Like, it responds to um, castration. That's what the all and the not all in this article is about. Right. And there's also the but for the, all. The for all and the not for all. Yeah. So the for, like, for all, all men are castrated or not all subjects are not castrated. Not all subjects are not castrated. That's the feminine so. position. In either case, everybody is subject to the unconscious. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, or nobody is not subject to the unconscious. 
That's the distinction. Right. And that, so that's what we want to get at. Um, that's what the locating position wants to get at and how that's tied to enjoyment. Mm-hmm. Um, but so like your two ways of saying like we're all castrated. Or, I mean, but no, see, you can't even say two ways of saying the same thing. We're all castrated, or no one is not castrated. Okay, um... Yeah, no so, one is not castrated. No one is not... So, what, like... <coughs> you can't say this statement in one way that encompasses both um, ways of saying in the formulas of sexuation. Either all subjects are subject to the phallic function, all of... Right. Like, all of us are castrated, subject to the unconscious. Yeah, yeah. Or, if you want to say in terms of the not all, the feminine position, say, not all subjects are not subject to the unconscious. So, nobody is not castrated. But we can't, it's not saying the same thing as saying everyone is castrated. See, and... That's the point where I can't say yes or no. <laughs> because, like, we are both saying... We're both trying to say the phallic function. Yeah. We're both trying to say the phallic function in a universal modality. Yes. So... And that's the phi. The, um... The phi symbol that we were talking the about before. The circle with the line. The, yeah. The sphere. It's a... Dude, it's a fucking Greek letter. <laughs> the phi. It's a phi. <laughs> So, phi means phallic function. So, either all x, ax, yeah. um, phi x, so all subjects, that's us, yeah. are subject to the phallic function. Right. Or the barred ax, not yeah. all yeah. Um, subjects, are not subject to the phallic function. <clears throat> and that's... Not all. My stubborn brain is like that's the same thing, though. Well, yeah. When because we're oper- and we're operating at the universal register, and the not all is a un- not unique. Is like a modality of the universal that you can only really learn to operate with by way of Lacanian psychoanalysis, because um, we never. I'm going to make a strong claim that I <laughs> think you could back up. Um, so the not all only appears in the history of philosophy. First, in Aristotle's logic, he denies, he just like straight up rejects it. And that's where Lacan begins. Because <laughs> we're working in Aristotle's like square of logical modalities, right? <laughs> And so Aristotle denies that the not all is like a modality of the universal. That's possible. <clears throat> but right. so okay, it's like a negation of the universal. Right. But Lacan wants to make it into, wants to recognize that it operates as a specific kind of universal. The not all. Okay. Whereas the all, so. We're used to thinking there's only one kind of universal. The kind of universal that applies to, like, all of what it's talking about. Yeah. Well, then there's the not all. 
So there's the negated universal. That's not saying that, like, no, it's not doesn't exist. <laughs> so, okay, that reminds me of another part when he says something like, the impossible is embedded within the subject that refutes it. <clears throat> Does that relate to that at all? This is really my... Yeah, I mean, I have that line highlighted right in front of me conveniently oh do you really by extending this process there is born my own formula that there is no universal that must not be contained by an existence that denies it there's no universal that is not contained by uh, a being or, a, or an existence an existence that denies yeah it. so there are two um logical modalities I don't know what the right word forms, modalities, existence, and uh, universality. Okay. Yeah. We're going to do Logic 101. Yeah, let's do it. I know very little about this, no, so that's okay. exciting. Neither did Aristotle. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, so in, um, in Aristotelian logic, all statements have to apply if it's valid it applies to all things yeah so you couldn't say um well no all things that exist so like you couldn't talk in a universal way about things that can't exist like i couldn't say talk about like unicorns in a universal way you can talk about no you can't. you can't okay so um all crows are black yeah all crows are black, um, and that's valid only because there are black crows, right? Yeah. But all horses, like you can't say all horses don't have a horn. That's nonsense, right? <laughs> all horses, yeah, because then you could say all horses don't have a trunk. Yeah. It doesn't tell you. It doesn't make. About it doesn't the... make sense. But that's only true because there don't exist any. So that's this is kind of a step. Um, an intermediary step in during sometime during the Enlightenment, during English logical positivism, something like that, where you start distinguishing between the all and the the universal um, predicate and the existential. Right. Right. So the formula of sexuation deal with both. That's what the backwards e is for. The backwards e is existential. With so there exists. So, like with the masculine formula of sexuation, we say all X, period, phi X. Right, okay. Not, wait, is it? E X, period, not phi X. So, all X, it's a contradiction. They're both, the masculine and feminine formulas are contradictions. Because you're sexuated as an incomplete subject. So the masculine formula says all subjects are subject to the phallic function, and there exists a subject who is not subject to the phallic function. Right. And here we're working with basic set theory. Right. Like what is set theory, Ben? Well, the set theory is how to count to one. But so this is like a basic rule. You form a set, you can only form a set because there's something outside the set. 
Okay. So you can only form the all like all men are castrated because there's one man who isn't, and this is like harkens back to Freud's myth of the primal father and totem and Ted taboo. Okay. Um. <clears throat> So, in Totem and Taboo, the myth is that there's one, there's the father, who bangs all the women, and has all the children, but the children can't bang any of the women, because the father says no. So they gotta kill him. Sure. Right? And so, um, <clears throat> the father is like what we were talking about last time um with a function that says no that regulates your desire whatever and i said that when we talk about like the big other doesn't exist the father doesn't exist it only exists retroactively as like it had to it's a condition of possibility <laughs> I, uh, yeah i don't <laughs> so all right fine fine so if sometimes we... i lost i lose myself no, and understandably. Uh, <laughs> all right, so we have set theory that is dealing with yeah. this the thing you describe. You know, the fact that there might be the thing the, that exists okay, outside the universal. Of right. What is that? And this is going to take us into a little bit of a new direction, I think. That's good. How does that play into Lacan's use of math or mathematics? What what is how does that work for him, or why does he use it? Okay. Yeah. So we're like we're trying to formulate like what it is to be what a universal is and like how what it is to identify as a universal right. and like so we're used to the usual refrain of like man in terms of hu like human beings like the history of man or like the nature of mankind or whatever and so that when we're talking about masculine identification that's what we're talking about we yeah. mean everyone yeah so the feminine identification um, differentiates itself from that. <laughs> but so when we talk about math, we're trying, basically the idea is signifiers follow like strict logical rules. Yeah. And thought um, <laughs> by virtue of always occurring in language follow follows the logical laws of the signifier mm -hmm. <clears throat> and runs into so runs into the same impossibilities um, and so by formalizing these logical impossibilities <clears throat> we get can try to get in a very precise way at the real oh that's interesting but like how would how well the real is the impossible and only the impossible the square root of negative one yeah but that's the an imaginary is... number that goes that's in the imaginary well <laughs> maybe imaginary is a misnomer it produces imaginary effects this i mean lacan does say somewhere that the phallus is the square root of negative one. Oh, does he really yeah. Oh. You well, didn't know that? No, I didn't know that. No, yeah, he says that. All right, well, there we go. I'm ready to be a Lacanian. <laughs> so. So we kind of touched on this, but, like, when... Actually, not this name, what I'm about to ask. When he writes existence, or exists, mm -hmm. and he writes it EX hyphen 
cis or cistins, like yeah. eggs cistins. Why? Why does he do that? I just. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is. Um... Well, it's starting like straight up borrowing from Heidegger. Who okay. writes about egg cistins. So. Obviously, Heidegger doesn't. He writes in German. But who cares? We don't speak German. Um, <laughs> so the idea is like. Um, so what, like, okay, what words end with cis? So insists, exists. So it insists, but it exists. Um, so it insists from without. It's external. Whereas when we talk about insisting, something internal is insisting. And so when we, <laughs> that's kind of the Heideggerian distinction, but it ties into the status of the unconscious as symbolic um, that Lacan terms extimacy, E-X dash S-T-A-M-A-C-Y. So not so, intimacy, yeah. extimacy. All right. So it's the unconscious is what is most inst intimate uh -huh. but because it's an effective language and only an effective language it's external it's outside of you it's in the big other so like your desires the discourse of the other okay. it's all articulated outside so what so what's it? <clears throat> one of Lacan's phrases in seminar 11 is that like it's that it's in you more than you right so it's what's most in you yeah but it's more than you because it's outside of you it's external it's, it's, it's language it's yeah the, it's the big other the big other, well, the big other already told you already the big other knows what's in you more than you but you don't right and you can't so he says that there are two existences uh yeah there are two ways of existing and that includes the insisting? No. No, it doesn't. Okay. All right. Fair. Fair. What I is... mean, yeah, it does. Oh, my God. <laughs> but it's more obvious than that. Okay. Guess. You know. You can do it. Two, two ways of existing? Yeah. There are two. two... I don't know. There's a, a common theme. Uh, you exist uh, with the, what is out, what you present, and what's no, on you, the inside? No, you can only do one at a time. You only do one at a time? Yeah, but there are two. You... I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, it's sexual difference. Oh, it's either the masculine or the feminine? Yeah. Oh, well, okay. Well, <laughs> fine then. <laughs> Because I was just assuming it was like a like a claim about a, a fucking individual person, but I see. It well, is. It's, it's... Jesus Christ. But see, that's the thing. You can't have it all. Yeah, I probably should have guessed that then. <laughs> and I mean, I think that's like part of the like something that's like uniquely hard about thinking Lacanian psychoanalysis in like 2019. Is we're like so in, like especially in like 2019 North America, we're yeah. like so not used to things sexual difference. Yeah, 
Like we, like we, there's a reason why gender, um, why, like, Judith Butler's like theory of gender performativity and like all these discourses about transsexuality, transgenderism, um, proliferate and like emerge in English, like, yeah, and like I think that is a, at least in part and tied to the fact that our language isn't gendered. <laughs> yes, but so then we have a hard time thinking of thinking about like okay so is there something that like this difference was trying to get at beyond like the outward appearance of your genitals yeah yeah or like how in french gun is just a is a masculine yeah like and it, like it's like is it just coincidence like yeah and like we're used to like associating like I like that with like the gun with like something phallic, like le but like in very gun. there are like very like weird things, um, that I can't think of right now. But like everything is gendered. Oh yeah, no everything. That's, and that's it's not like someone sat down one day was like, this is male, this is female. Yeah, that, male, that female. would have been the primal father doing that. <laughs> like it's, like it. You're born speaking these languages, like it makes sense in a sort of primal way that's prior to sense. Yeah. In a like, and it's not has nothing to do with like overly with the thing. Yeah. And so that's what we're trying to get at with like the real of sex. Sure. Is it's a contingent, this or that. Yeah. Yeah. So when he says then, and this is like the next section, and we already kind of talked about this, but when he says that the absence of sexual, there is no sexual relationship, and then goes into a number of sub kind of sections, yeah, uh, each dealing with the absence of the sexual relationship and something else. So the absence of the sexual relationship and the two existences, the absence of the sexual mm-hmm. relationship and the two universals, the absence of the sexual relationship and the phallus the and then that's it we already kind of touched on that to some extent just because you know there's like uh embedded within it a kind of impossibility with imagining the sexual relationship but Uh, its absence is like a positive term in real its absence is a positive term in the real and real and real okay it's a negativity functioning as a positive term because it being absent implies that that no, ideal. It's real. Be- yeah, the real being the. I'm just gonna say ideal, but like being the impossible, mm-hmm. we associate it with a positivity. Yeah, we um, create a semblance of it. So okay, so um, this is a joke. So. Bar from Alenka Zupinchik, one of my favorite authors, uses this joke to demonstrate the status of the real. So, a man walks into a cafe and orders a, a coffee with no cream. <clears throat> and the barista says, Sorry, sir, we don't have any cream. Would you accept a coffee with no milk? But he didn't ask for any cream. The point is, it's the negativity. So would be with no cream is different than with no milk. Right. So it's the negativity is functioning. Oh, I see, I see, I see, I see, I see. Okay. 
uh, I can't illustrate that by mind, obviously. Well, yeah. But so... So the man walks in and says he doesn't want cream. Barista A coffee with no cream. The point is... A coffee with no cream. The negativity affects the coffee. Right. Because it's different to say, I want it with no cream, than saying, I want it with no milk. Yeah. Fuck. (laughs) And you kind of, like... What are these riddles? It's witchcraft, (laughs) you... I mean, and you kind of reach, like, this irreducible point. It's like... Yeah. Okay, I see how the concepts work. Yeah. (laughs) But, like, okay, I don't give a shit about this dude's coffee order. (laughs) Well, it's a noble effort for that author to try to, like, illustrate it in the form of a joke. Well, I mean, she's, like, well-known. But, like, so the point is, it's conceptually operating there. And that conceptual formation operates elsewhere right and so like for something important to note is that like jokes hold a privileged place in psychoanalysis like freud writes three books about formations of the conscious right dreams slips of the tongue and jokes yeah yeah and lacan makes jokes his seminar on jokes takes a privileged place because they operate in language yeah like as we've talked about linguistic formation structure are reality so like that the real can be seen functioning in this like sort of silly joke about coffee really is just like a happy coincidence for us like it seems to hit the hit the point home that you know language is insufficient you know to possibly communicate this zone but it's at the same time the only means by which we can do it. Well, and it's it exists only because of language. Because language creates this, okay. creates the real as impossible, right? Right. And so the, Lacan yeah. gets this in the seminar seven. He tries to talk about dosting the thing, uh-huh. as what's the beyond of the signified. Right. And he has this like beautiful reading of Antigone. Um outside the law but like it's a huge problem that he's in this essay like the non-relation formalizes the same wall that he reaches there like you don't want dusting you get once you start aiming for the beyond of the signified you're under the sway of death drive okay how so and i'm the reason i'm just thinking about this in terms of like uh kant saying you can't arrive at the thing in itself Mm -hmm. is there any kind of parallel there well it becomes i mean first off you're not you start you're not aiming at anything um and it becomes like repetitive Mm -hmm. and lacan attaches it to like for kant i think or it is right to associate dosting with the thing itself for Kant it's just like reason drives itself into nonsense right for Lacan when you're thinking trying to think about Dostang <coughs> it's attached to enjoyment and when you start enacting like I'm trying to get beyond the signified means I'm trying to get beyond the social mm-hmm. <coughs> means I'm trying to get beyond whatever other people can offer me yep. whatever yep. I can get from them mm-hmm and this becomes highly destructive. And like the um, usual example, Lacan's example, 
is said. Like he he has the essay kind of said the highest good is the highest evil. But I think you see this in contemporary, in like very naive like contemporary thought. Like no, I have, I have something to say that's beyond language, or like right. I need to like get out like away from people and like get in touch with myself or like. All these ideas about like I need to get beyond the social, beyond the social, be outside the social. Yeah, yeah. and the cause point is like, <laughs> no, luck. it's self-destructive. Good luck. Have fun. It's like you either bring a life jacket. You either get to this kind of like incel discourse. Sure. Where like okay, I've been excluded from the social, and all I can do is blow it the fuck up. Yeah. Or a kind of self-destructive. Like, everyone who, like, thinks they've reached some enlightenment outside of language, outside of social relations, is, like, the same and an idiot. <laughs> right? And has nothing new to say. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's the point. Like, no, we need to speak this impossibility. Yeah. That's a tie in every social relation. The impossibility of sexual... Of the sexual non-relation <coughs> is the kind of... Um, I don't say archetype, like the structure yeah. of every social relation mm-hmm. is not a relation. So if we, so then to kind of look at it, um, that was a, a big long lecture. No, but it was great. It was great because it, I mean, it put some, put it into context for me. Yeah. But like the next section deals explicitly with that question that I like presented there. Um, Whereas there's a there's a part in it, and I, we haven't talked about Schroeber yet, and I feel like Schroeber has a an important part. Well, in this. we have we've talked about psychosis. Well, yeah, without attaching his name to it, uh, and I guess the narrative of the father sits in with him as well. But this section here introduces the, what he calls the third and fourth formula of mm-hmm. sexuation. That's the feminine formulas. Those are the feminine ones. Yeah. Okay. So, so the first and second um, are in universal and existential and they form right. a contradiction those are the masculine formulae okay okay and the second okay. and third right. are um the feminine formulae the third and fourth are the yeah, feminine yeah, yeah, formulae yeah. and what are their other names because for the masculine you have first and second uh existential and universal and then they're also existential and universal because existential and universal are logical forms so right yeah, so yeah, you yeah, could yeah. you would read the yeah. masculine formula um would be all x phi x so every subject is subject to the phallic function um e x not phi x so not every or so there exists one subject who is not subject to the phallic function right right and so that's one way of conceiving the all x yeah (laughs) the other way is the feminine formula so you have the all x is negated and phi x is negated so not all x, not phi x. Not every sure. subject, not sure. all. This yep. is the new Lacanian form of universality, mm-hmm. is the not all. Yeah. So not all subjects are not subject to the phallic function. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or no so one... So get the more of that same... Another there. way that like I try to sometimes think of it like... Initially, he's like, no one is, ex- you could say everyone is subject to the phallic function, or no one is exempt from the phallic function. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, the feminine formula are not all X, 
not all subjects are not subject to the phallic function. Right. And there does not exist anyone, or not EX. Where is it? Yeah. You totally have it right here. Yeah. So, um, EX negated, phi X negated. So there does not exist anyone and who is negated, not subject. The negated is, is denoted by that line on yeah, top. Yeah, the line above it. Okay, the bar above, above it. it. The bar above it. So you negate. they negate it negates the all x so it negates the universal and the existential right but only the existential negates the um, phallic function yeah so no they're not all x are subject to the phallic function <laughs> right which would normally mean like okay not everyone is subject to it. Or no. there's someone that's not. Well, no, yeah. Except they are not. There does not exist not subject. There does not exist anyone who is not subject to it. Right. <clears throat> Lest we concede that you know the real was possible and the well, real was like inhabitable. That's because the primal father. Yes. Yeah, on the masculine reserved, side. Yeah. yeah. But that's a semblance, right? Right. So it's still like possible like you think of it like it's possible in the loosest sense right so what so not all x not all subjects are castrated but there doesn't exist a subject who isn't yeah castrated. yeah yeah sure so what else is there to say about this then what haven't we touched on um what more you got what about the heteros that's women Heteros women. It's a all. way of thinking. That's like a way of thinking of women. Because um, part of this is like there is no woman. Because they occupy Be the real? Well, because there's. Like there's part of the formula of sexuation. Or beneath the formula of sexuation, as they're presented in Seminar 20, they're graphs for like Jewissants. Yeah, and on the masculine side, there's the barred subject, and on the feminine side, there's barred women. So, like I mentioned earlier, like we talked about, like the universal man means mm -hmm. like mankind. Yeah, there's no universal woman, right? Okay. <clears throat> and so, when we talk about the not all, the feminine not all, we mean the negate, or we mean the universal in that kind of sense right so that's well that's my half yeah so for anyone that so there's a second i, I should i should say for because i we haven't said it yet when ben gave me this text to read he only gave me the first half and immediately before recording this i realized i only had the first half so i'm gonna write so this in the description as well lay, we could say lay entity the name has something to do with turns, and the essay is divided into two turns. Okay. We've yeah. discussed the first turn yeah. on sexual difference. Right. Okay, that, oh yeah. So yeah. There is a second turn on the analytic discourse. And we will do that one, because, yeah, Cause we YOLO. should. Because YOLO. Yeah, because YOLO. But yeah, you got anything else about this? Uh-huh, nothing that I can think of. Well, shit. All right, well... We'll close that off there then, ending the first turn of Liturgy. Uh, for anyone that listened this far, thank you. Uh, thank I you. hope you got something out of it. And if you have any problems with what 
Ben or I said, you know how to downvote, you know how to leave comments and angry ones. If you just, can't say it, it doesn't exist. If you can, <laughs> exactly. But, uh, you know, keep it cool. I get too many comments that are like, you suck. And I... Like, yeah, obviously, but just elaborate. Like, I want, no. I want to know why. Like, give me more. Uh, but yeah, if you made it this far, cool. And we'll see you next time. Peace out. Yeah. <laughs>